Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary from CareNet can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download eBooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. Now let's listen in on what Roland and Vince have for us this week on CareCast. So Roland, here we are in our uh, separate undisclosed locations recording the CareCast podcast. Uh, yeah. Using a, using a popular online meeting tool to accomplish this, conversing yep. here and having it recorded. So. And you won't say what tool that is. <laughs> we won't. We <laughs> want to leave consumers with the choice of which tool they could use. Um, That's right. But yeah. I actually, ironically... <laughs> <what's it? laughs> we're such market movers. You know, if we mention what tool we're using... <laughs> Oh my gosh, the stock on the company or whatever, I mean, we just go through the roof. Oh it's my goodness. Not, it's not fair. I know. We cannot wield our power in such a no, <laughs> such an irresponsible way. Exactly. It would be totally irresponsible for <laughs> and we, won't, we won't do that. Yes. And actually, you know, ironically and, and sadly, actually, speaking of consumer choice, what we wanted to kind of chat about today for the podcast here is, you know, really, what what has the coronavirus pandemic taught us or revealed to us about the abortion lobby, the abortion industry. And I think there's yeah. a couple of really interesting and important things that have sort of come out. Um, and, and it's really related to this idea that despite, you know, this pandemic and, you know, the economy, I mean, almost shutting down in a lot of ways, the abortion lobby is fighting hard to stay open, to continue basically doing exactly what they did before this pandemic hit. Um, and doing it in the same exact way, right? Uh, so that they can continue to do what they do. So what does that what does that tell us about them? And I think you know, there's the, the I think the most important framework is one that you've sort of laid out for me, which is that they view abortion as a morally neutral consumer product. So kind of talk through that, and what why does that matter, and why is that impacting their their actions? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, I'm a business guy by training. And, you know, when I first started doing this work, you know, about eight years ago, you know, someone who was, you know, just pro-life, so to speak, but, but really was not in the, quote, movement on a day-to-day basis. You know, I came in and, I, you know, when you look at the pro-choice perspective and the, most of the time people are looking at it through what I call ministry glasses. So they're wearing glasses and they look at it and say, my gosh, human life is being destroyed and, and the horror of that, which is all true. But when you take off the ministry glasses and you put on market glasses and you look at, look at, look at the, what's happening uh, in the abortion industry through those lens, I said, I said to myself, oh, I, I've seen this before. <laughs> right. This is a consumer product. This is how they're viewing this. Mm-hmm. And, and it helped me really understand, um, you know, that movement a bit better um, in the sense that, you know, if you just use your ministry glasses, it tells you what they're doing. But when you look at them through the market glasses, it tells you where they're going. Mm-hmm. And, and, when, and that's why when, when you say where they're going, I mean, from the context of, well, if they view things through that business lens, that this is a morally neutral consumer product that women want to need, well, then the way that they'll typically respond around that is the way that anybody else who's selling a morally neutral consumer product that they be that consumer wants and needs will respond. So they'll put their, they'll put their locations where they think there'll be more consumers. So you find a disproportionate number of abortion clinics in urban communities, that kind of thing. And they'll defend their position uh, from that perspective. And even during this coronavirus uh, pandemic, they're doing the same thing. They're like any other consumer product uh, provider. They're trying to quote, stay open. 
no matter what, if you will, and, and, and trying to figure out how can we, you know, continue to put our consumer product out into the marketplace in the midst of, you know, some of the constraints, some of the constraints uh, that are that are there. And, and the other thing, and this is the difference, is you say, well, there are other groups that want to try to stay open, but they also will work aggressively to make sure that the competitors don't stay open, <laughs> right? So that's different, right? There's a lot of people who want to stay open, but, but when you aren't that focused on whether your competitor stays open, that's really kind of consumer, more of a consumer mindset. You know, as we've talked about, you know, with abortion, there are two choices. There's abortion and there's birth. Mm-hmm. The pro-choice and, mm-hmm. and, and the highest calling that you have is choice. Then basically you want to maximize the choice that you have. That, that a consumer would have, which means, okay, we provide abortions. It's what we do, but we know that that's not the only choice. The other choice is carrying your child to term and, and, and having someone help you from conception to birth with that decision to carry the child to term. Therefore, we want not just us to be open because that's only one choice. We want the other side to be open as well because they're offering the other choice. And the fact that they're not promoting that and pushing that, and in fact, in a lot of ways, and I've even seen a little bit in terms of folks trying to say, hey, pregnancy centers should not be able to open this and the other. And even when we don't have a pandemic, you know, the challenges that we have on the pro-choice side with them trying to, you know, trying to shut down the work that we do, it kind of gives you that perspective that this really is in their minds, a consumer product, how they view it. You can tie all the pink bowls on it you want, but the reality is at the end of the day, uh, that that's the perspective and they respond in the way anybody else who feels that they're selling a morally neutral consumer product that a consumer wants and needs, they respond exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 uh, so, you know, as you said, if you really want to understand what's driving, driving their decisions, it, it's this, it's this perspective. So, you know, you, you think of, uh, you know, gyms are trying to continue to turn a profit by putting their classes online, you know, right. restaurants are trying to keep their business open by, del- by doing delivery or curbside, no contact pickup and all these, all these other things, you know, so people are saying, you know, doesn't the, doesn't the abortion industry care that, you know, they're endangering lives or they're putting people at risk or they're doing X, Y, and Z. Well, not, I mean, no, because they're not really thinking about it in those terms. They're thinking about it. How can we continue to turn a profit by off, offering our services maybe in some different way? Obviously, they want to continue offering their services in exactly the same way, but they're also trying to fast track a lot of their telemedicine work, which they've been working on for years now, but being able to, you know, do, do abortions via, you know, a virtual uh, visit with a doctor online and then send out the, the abortion medication to, yeah. that, to that patient. Exactly. And, and the interesting thing here is that, you know, abortion is, is very sort of situational. In other words, there are things that happen, you know, in a woman's life that put her in a position where abortion seems like an option to her. Like maybe she's in a, you know, stable relationship or a stable marriage. And then there's a, then there's a break in that marriage or relationship. And, and she finds that she's pregnant after that point. And, then, and now my whole situation changed. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, so exactly. So time matters because people consider people consider things it's a situational thing so mm-hmm. really I, the way i think about it is that you know if you're trying to kind of rush somebody through a decision in in a time where there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of isolation to me that mm-hmm. that just to me just kind of goes like wait a minute hold on a second you know this is a time where people might make some decisions that are unwise because they have fear and because they're isolated. They don't have a counsel of others. Uh, they're not sure what's gonna happen to them economically. 
And so wouldn't it be terrible if someone, in my mind, wouldn't it be terrible if a woman, you know, went in and had an abortion because in a moment of fear and panic and she's watching CNN or whatever it is. And so, oh my gosh, you know, in terms of how that whole whole perspective is being kind of laid out. And she says, you know what, I, I can't have this baby. And she rushes in and then, and then, you know, months later, she's like, well, you know, actually, this turned out differently than I thought. And oh my gosh, I've already aborted my child. So to me, I really feel like, you know, what we try to do always in, in terms of, of our, our work is that, you know, a, a woman is, is she's in the midst of a storm, you know, she's in a whirlwind, you know, with, with what's happened. This was unexpected news. And what we always try to do is we don't try to make the whirlwind go faster, <laughs> if you will, mm-hmm. uh, to create more of a sense of urgency and crisis. What we try to do is say, you need to step out of the storm into the eye of the storm mm-hmm. where there's calm. Mm-hmm. And, in, in, and in the eye of the storm, you can look up, which means you can hear from God and gain perspective. But you also can look out and see your situation, see the support that you have, sort of see the pa- piano comes every third rotation, so to speak. Now, you're going to have to step back into that storm. But once you're able to look up and gain perspective about the support that you have, then you can make better decisions, which is what we mm-hmm. want to try to do. So we don't try to force a sense of urgency on, on, on someone in that regard. What we try to do is try to help them understand what the situation before them, and also to consider the consequences of their actions, which they may not fully consider when you're in, in a place of, of crisis or where you feel like you're isolated or fearful, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think that fits in perfectly with, again, your your kind of underlying philosophy here, which is they, they think about this in a consumer transaction point of view. Because that's, you know, again, if you're in Burger King, you know, right. they, they, they don't want you to sit, stand there thinking about what you're going to do. They want you to buy that burger and buy it now, right? Because right. the longer you delay, the, then the less odds, the odds that you're going to actually buy something are going to go down and down. That's right. what they want. They want to serve you as quickly as possible. They don't want you thinking a whole lot. Just buy the, buy the burger right now. Yeah. And, and, and again, from a consumer standpoint, mm-hmm. where lives are not in the balance, hey, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm exactly. a business guy. Totally. Right, right. and that's a, and anyone who's ever been sold to, right? That they know that you know there's the ABC always be closing. Salespeople are always trying to and yeah. close the deal at that very moment. Right now, we need to we need to do this now, right? Right. <laughs> and there's nothing. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, right? Because it's you know it's, it's a consumer approach. But when you're dealing with a situation where a, a lives are at stake, yep. both the life of the unborn child, but also the life of the mother. Totally. In terms of what's going to happen for her life long term, sometimes medical, but 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 um, often it's it's just sort of her life situation and mm-hmm. and what's going to happen with the father. That really is not one of those things that you want somebody quote to rush through. And we don't look at any other quote medical procedure that way. If you're going to have heart surgery, that's going to change your life, or you're going to lose, you know, <laughs> you're going to you know lose you know one of your organs in some way, shape, or form because of some type of surgery. People don't want you to rush through that. They want to say, hold on a second, stop, consider, look how this is going to change your life and if you're going to have heart surgery they take you through a whole psychological battery of tests because they found that 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 sometimes when some people have had heart surgery or they got a heart transplant or some kind of organ transplant that people have basically you know survivor's guilt because they know that that organ came from someone else someone else gave their life so that i might have life and they found that gosh that really kind of messes with people well this is what's happening here with abortion it's the same kind of thing the child, in a sense, is giving their life, not willingly necessarily, but their life is being taken from them for, to what end? So that you might have the life that you think that you want. Mm-hmm. So in a situation where it's an organ, where it was kind of a death from a natural perspective, right? 
and someone struggles with that, why would you think that it's a situation where you're actually assisting in the life being taken so that you can have this other life you want? There wouldn't be consequences for that. That's a sobering thing. And someone should be able to consider that thing. And it's not the kind of decision you want to make in the midst of a pandemic or where there's a lot of fear and uncertainty going around. Unless, of course, you're using a consumer mindset you know, always be closing to your point. Mm -hmm. And then you would have that point of view. And that's really, you know, in a lot of ways where my big concern comes from with this in terms of trying to encourage people to, to do this as opposed to considering the choices, if you will, and also being advocate for the other choice uh, that relates to the life that's growing inside of her. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, so I think in our our next podcast, we will cover another aspect of this in terms of what we think this this uh, pandemic has revealed about the abortion lobby, and that's just this whole idea of choice, right? Um, it, it, and what kind of choice is is abortion? Is it a choice? And if it is, what kind of choice is it? So we'll cover that next time. So thank you, Ron. Those are great insights. Great, thanks. All right, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of CareCast. For more pro-abundant life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, ebooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.